This is WTN University. Masters in Divinities course, The Life of Mohammed, The Sirah, with Dr. Bill Warner from politicalislam.com. Author of the book, Sharia Law for Non-Muslims. They're for you, not them. You de Kaffa. And then, of course, also the entire Taste of Islam series, of which we are teaching The Life of Mohammed in this course. Dr. Warner, sorry we got snowed out last week. Good to see your face again. Why do you laugh at that Clinton line every time? You're so easy. Well, I just find it very funny. I thought it was funny the first time he said it, and but I you thought st- it was funny yeah, every, yeah, well, ever since. There's, you know, and I have certain things like that. That emoji with the big shocked eyes. I laugh every time I see that, and that's been three years. Um, I want to start today before we get back into our course, and it has been um, amazingly received. Um, I can't act like this information is new because I read your book and studied it the first time uh, with you, but we're doing it collectively as a course. Uh, together. Before we get that, let's put a little current events into it. So last night at Fox, Nebula Noor, who, by the way, is just presented as, you know, some YouTube phenom, a phenom on beauty. So why is somebody that has a lot of viewers on YouTube about beauty products asking a question? Number one. Number two, it was so obvious that the immigrant as well as the Muslim were all pre-designed to attack Donald Trump and then he's not there. So they turn around and they attack, you know, the others on, uh, and they throw this question to Jeb Bush. I'm going to spare everybody. I played it earlier. Jeb Bush's answer was so lame. And there's a reason why they picked Jeb Bush and not Ben Carson, not Ted Cruz and not Marco Rubio or even Governor Christie, who would have answered this woman well. But I thought it'd be fun before we started class today to take something from last night's debate and play it for you. So here's a woman who's in bed with Bernie Sanders, in bed with Black Lives Matters, in bed with CARE. Asking this loaded victim question last night on a debate. Nobody can figure out why she was there, why she was asking it, but I'd love to have you answer her question. Here's how it sounded. I'm Nabella Noor. I'm a Muslim American born and raised in the U.S. who creates beauty and lifestyle videos on YouTube. In 2015, the number of hate crimes against Muslims in the U.S. has tripled. And on social media, where I spend a lot of time, I've seen many attacks directed towards fellow Muslims. This culture of hatred is only driving ISIS to radicalize, recruit, and incite violence. As president, what would you do to address this toxic climate and promote increased tolerance in the United States? Dr. Bill Warner, as president, what would you do and how would you have responded to her question? Well, first off, I don't condemn any Muslim. I just talk about Islam. And if I were president, that's what I would do. I would see that every person who grew up in the United States got a chance to learn the Sirah, the Hadith, and the Quran. So I would I say that the answer to Islam is more Islam. But I have to say here that the woman is uh, slightly unhinged when she blames ISIS, ISIL, ISIS, or Islamic State on what we do. Because if you read what they say, they're very clear. We do this because Muhammad did this. So if I want to understand Islamic State, I won't go to this lady 
sounds like a pleasant woman. Do you think the problems in America today are the number of hate crimes against Muslims? And are the hate crimes against Muslims, if they do occur, which, by the way, I don't equate somebody saying something off color on Facebook to being one of the 14 killed in San Bernardino at a Christmas party. Um, But do they really think that's because of things Donald Trump is saying or is it things Muslims are doing? Well, I think we had a problem before Donald Trump. I think we had a problem before this election. If we go back in history, we find that Islam has continually lashed out to all those on its borders. So the problem is 1,400 years old, which I think I don't think the Donald's that old yet. Boy, what a loaded question. I've seen many attacks directed towards fellow Muslims. This culture of hatred. So the culture of hatred is the Facebook attacks on Muslims, not the Muslim attacks on Christians, killing people in San Bernardino and Chattanooga at a Little Rock uh, in Fort Hood or at the Boston Marathon or in Paris or beheading, burning alive, drowning, crucifying Christians throughout Africa and the Middle East. That's the culture. We're the culture of hate, not that. Well, we also have to understand that Islam is Muslims are always the victim. This is the teaching of the Quran and the teaching of the Sirah. Muhammad sent his, his jihadist out seven times before they finally scored on the eighth time. And after killing, robbing, and kidnapping, guess who was the victim? The Muslims were the victim, not those who were killed and kidnapped and stolen from. And the same fox that would have that fraud presented as simply a YouTube phenomenon and not acknowledge he's a Bernie Sanders supporter, a Black Lives Matter, and a CARE supporter, to add that ridiculous question and then only let Jeb Bush answer and not allow... Christie, Cruz, Rubio, or Carson, who would have answered it properly like you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you saying this was a setup? Uh, the same Fox, who the next terrorist attack, will sit there dumbfounded, dramatic, and exploitively cover death while they continue to promote the very things that lead to it. Fox is the loser of the debate. But enough of that. Let's turn to the life of Muhammad. Care to bring them up to where we're at um, and I, I don't necessarily mean do a long eight-minute chapter by chapter because you either come to class or you don't. And if you keep not coming, you should just drop it. Um, but, <laughs> no, 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 Michael. You can learn anything anytime. Well, no, but I, once. no, but I was just saying, I'm, you know, just kind of like a brief overview to right. get them up to speed because well, we've gone all the way from birth to growing up to being in caravans to robbing caravans to being one of 365 religions to being tolerant to not being tolerant all the way to Medina and getting violent. Well, first, we need to remind people why we're doing this at all. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read it from Quran 2452. It is such as obey Allah and his apostle and fear Allah and do right that will win. So the Quran in 91 different verses states that every Muslim is to follow Muhammad in everything that he did and said. So in therefore, his life is the path, the sunnah, that is right and correct. So what we're doing here by talking about Muhammad is we're talking about the backbone, the essence of Islam. Most people, when they think of Islam, think of the Quran. No, no, no. You don't want to start there. You had a good moment this week, and you don't even know it. You always talk about there are three different (laughs) perspectives. Uh, You can look at Muhammad through the lens of a Muslim. You can look at it through the lens uh, of a Kafir. And that came out with ISIS, the very same person that carried out the Paris attacks had a message, not only to Prime Minister Cameron, but to all Kaffirs everywhere. Um, and, and it was interesting. I thought to myself, I wonder if they understand why they're specifically talking to Kaffirs, which we covered, of course, in the first class. Oh, by the way, Michael, somebody was doing some research, and they uh, 
did some research on finding on Mein Kampf on Wikipedia. Remember what you said? You can learn all you need to know on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. My statistic that seven percent of Mein Kampf is devoted to Jew hatred is na- Jew hatred is now part of uh, Mein Kampf on Wikipedia. Just another one of your credits. Just another one of credits. But anyway, uh, real quick, we have we were we started out in Mecca. We've moved to Medina, and now then we're getting ready to get used to the juicy stuff because we're now getting ready to destroy the Jews of Medina. And so that sort of brings us quickly up to speed. All right. So we. I, I'm going to remind the audience again. This is a fabulous story. I mean, we're getting ready to we're we're getting ready to do ethnic cleansing here. <laughs> Which, by the way, you see it as evil, you see it as hatred, you see it as violent. They don't. They see it as justice. They see it as devotion. They see it as obligation. They see it as worship. They see it as jihad. That's why you can't understand any of this stuff, including the Quran, until you understand the life of Muhammad, our WTN University Master's Course in Divinities, your professor and headmaster, Dr. Bill Warner. All right, let's start off with the first of the three <laughs> tribes in Medina. There were three tribes, and this particular tribe, the Bini Kanukwa, were goldsmiths. Now, there is some reference in the Sirah, the biography of Muhammad, that they broke some treaty, but it's not clear what that is. But we're now getting ready to deal with the heart of the problem. Muhammad assembled the Jews and said that he would bring vengeance upon them. They must become Muslims. Quote, you know that I am the prophet that was sent to you. You will find that in your scriptures. This is the heart and essence of Islam in dealing with the Jews and the Christians. That is, the Jews have corrupted their their Torah in order to hide the fact that it says that Muhammad is the prophet of the Jews. Is this a good time to... in in a spirit of review, tell them there's a difference between when they refer to Kafirs and infidels and people of the book? Well, let's talk about that. People of the book are Christians and Jews, and it's an ongoing phrase in the Quran. Now, there is, they can be called infidels, but they're actually all Kafir. We need to wait on this question because we're going to deal with this. Once we get through the Jews and okay. the Christians, all of this will become crystal clear. No, it's just when you threw in the Jews, and you know, I know the Christians are next, and but uh, it was begging for the difference between just, you know, an infidel and a course of people. Well, like only that. Christians and Jews can be infidels. Right. Uh, atheists and pagans can be Kafirs, but Kafir includes the oh, infidel. Who and, does, <laughs> as long as you're as long as you're an infidel, a Christian or a Jew who does not believe in Muhammad as the final prophet, you're just another. Which Kafir. is exactly the first moment this is happening. What we're teaching right exactly. now. Exactly. Okay. Go ahead. Anyway, uh, he threatens them, and well, let's see. Does he? Uh, I'm stuttering here. Anyway, the Jews surrendered to him in the, when he brought armed force around. Important. The other two Jewish tribes did not come to their aid. They, these people finally wound up giving up all their goods except what they could carry on one camel and were ridden out of town. Soon after this, uh, these, remember we have already had caravan raids, and so the Meccans are now going on a different route to do caravans. And, but Muhammad always – one of the interesting things about the Sirah is the quality of intelligence that Muhammad always had about his enemies. It's very clear there were people in Mecca who were behind giving him information. So anyway, they attacked Pro- – I don't want to interrupt, but probably people he may have grown up working with. I oh. mean one of the great takeaways from this book, things I didn't know uh, and didn't catch the first time but caught in class – you know, it makes sense. Why was he such a great thief of caravans? Why did he choose them as a target? Why was he so effective? And you bring up intelligence now because he knew them. That's where he worked. That was his business. So as a guy that used to work for the bank, it's not a shock that he became a bank robber. Right, exactly. It's, it's as simple as it is. But I, I, I almost wanted to interrupt and say, I wonder if his intelligence was coming from people he grew up working with. Of course. Yeah. 
So anyway, now then, we're now we're, smart. Oh, remember, I hold that Muhammad was the greatest warrior who ever lived. A great thief, too. Go ahead. Anyway, we now come to two of my favorite stories. The assassination of Al-Ashraf, the Jew. Mm-hmm. Al-Ashraf was a Jew of Medina, and so he wrote some poems that Muhammad didn't like. Listen carefully. He was an artist. He was persecuted for what he wrote in the way of art. So his poem offended Muhammad. Who will kill Ashraf, who has offended Allah and his prophet? I will, Muhammad, but I will need to deceive him. Muhammad, do so. And so through the use of deception, they killed al-Ashraf. This is where we get doctrines of taqiyya that allow Muslims to lie. This is also what happened to Charlie Hebdo. This is why you can't make a YouTube movie, a real movie. You know, you always joke and say, somebody should, this guy, this is a great movie. This is a great page turn. But you can't make it. They'll kill you. (laughs) Right. But anyway, uh, so that's the assassination of al-Ashraf, the Jew. And for all of you out there who are uh, artist types, pay attention. Islam is not on your side. The Sirah, The Life of Muhammad, our WTN University Master's in Divinity course with Dr. Bill Warner. The text for this is The Life of Muhammad, The Sirah, Taste of Islam series. You can find that in all of Dr. Bill Warner's books online at politicalislam.com. We'll continue with class in a moment. Miss Freeman, perhaps you'd like to share with the entire class what you and Mr. Del Giorno find so funny? You're listening to WTN University on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. It's our Masters in Divinities course. It's the life of Mohammed, the Sirah, with Dr. Bill Warner from PoliticalIslam.com. This may be one of the most, I mean, I can't say one of the most, the entire course, the entire uh, Taste of Islam book is profound in understanding Mohammed, because you can't understand the Quran or the news today without it. Uh, but in particular, page 32, this could be one of the most relevant, significant things that'll bring the life to news. So I don't want to rush through it. Back to the assassination of a poet uh, and and the means in which it was done that is still very much alive and very much a real threat today. Does anybody remember the Draw Muhammad cartoons event in which there was an assassin who came along? Mm-hmm. Well, he's following this Sunnah. And by the way, we've slightly skipped over the word. Assassination is also part of the Sunnah of Muhammad. We're going to have repeated assassinations of his political and, and artistic enemies. Now, by the way, is there a difference between just normal jihadist killing and assassination? No. No. I mean, ultimately, they both end up dead. But but it is interesting that one is just you're guilty for not believing, and you're just an innocent civilian, and they walk up and start crucifying or killing you. And then specific people who speak against them that are targeted and assassinated. In a sense, there is a difference, but... It's still the same thing. It's still jihad. You're still dead. But this one's a great story. Tell me, and, and the other the poet write about that he upset him so much. Uh, he talked about his. He had friends killed at the Battle of Batter, and he talked about that. And life isn't worth living. Little did he know that he was going to discover <laughs> that it wasn't worth living if you <laughs> criticize Muhammad. And there's several things here. You cannot criticize Muhammad. It is a danger to your life. Assassination is part of jihad, and uh, art must be under the Sharia. This is one of the demands of the Sharia is that all art is completely regulated by Islam. Um, you often use this example. If there is Jewish law, it only applies to Jews. If there's right. Christian law, it only applies to – and by the way, it's a whole long Paulinian discussion. Uh, <laughs> but it only applies to Christians. Islamic law, Sharia law applies to everyone, whether you like it or not. And so we've often talked about in a sense it's not a religion. It's a form of government. It's a form of justice. It's a form of punishment. It's a form of finance. It's a form of art. It's a system of life, and, and it comes from Muhammad's life. And so here's one of the first examples of somebody. He didn't like his poetry. And 
He got a bad review. He got a really bad review. All right, so who kills him and how does he pull it off? Well, the assassin tells lies, and the story, which I haven't written here, is he goes to this uh, Jew, Al-Ashraf, who was well off and basically says, I need to borrow money, and what I'll do is I'll bring you weapons as collateral. And so he showed back up with him and two other buddies, and they have their weapons with them, so, but they're going to pawn them, right? Well, they didn't pawn them. <laughs> but it was it was through lies that they were dissatisfied with Muhammad and that they needed money and they wanted to pawn their weapons. So now this is, by the way, we're talking now about the art of deception. And deception, taqiyya, is part of Islamic doctrine. It is perfect. Hey, let me read the exact lines. Uh, oh, Mah- oh, apostle of Allah, I shall have to tell a lie. Muhammad, say what you like. You are free in the matter. So here we have direct advice from Muhammad to lie in order that he may kill and why? Because if it was, well, good art or bad art, it was ma- art that Muhammad didn't like. So that's the assassin of the bad, re- uh, of the bad review. Right. Kill any Jew that falls into your power. That's the next story. Do we have time for this? I'm hearing bumper music. No, we don't. But I, I do have to tell you, the Godfather has nothing on this Oh, story. no, he does not. <laughs> you know, we're doing... I, I, I was telling Andrea, um, this I can't get in over the music. There is a show, and I watch it. Now, what's most offensive about this show is its inaccurate portrayal of Lucifer and the dangers of Lucifer the devil who really exists. They make him into an English-speaking, charming guy who actually cares and has mercy. None of the characteristics of Satan who is seeking to devour you and destroy your life. But I'm, I'm thinking to myself... If we got a show glorifying Lucifer, come on, we got to bring some of this Muhammad stuff to life. <laughs> and I think Fox might be just the network. Maybe well, Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> work on that, would you? <laughs> I don't want to, but I will continue with WTN University Masters in Divinity's The Life of Muhammad next on WTN. It's 1130. Mr. Del Giorno, I know you know this material better than the professor, but at least look interested. You're listening to WTN University on Super Talk 99.7 WTN. Masters in divinities, I might add. The life of Mohammed. The Surah with Dr. Bill Warner. Oh, we follow the little tyke. Abandoned, orphaned, all the way to caravan worker. Then suddenly claims he's a prophet. He has a vision. And he's one of 365 religions. Tuesday. Until everybody else wants to not necessarily believe in him. And then suddenly the option to not believe in him goes away. Then he betrays the one person who gives him political cover. And then he travels from Mecca to Medina, and he doesn't want to be one of many. He wants to be the conquering only. And so first victim, a poet. Didn't like his poem. Now, all Jews. It's a very pivotal moment in our class. And your professor is Dr. Bill Warner. Well, we have another story, which is one of my favorites. Uh, it has a line. And by the way, this the little book that we're reading from, the reason of it for its authority is contained in the fact that this paragraph, which I'm getting ready to talk about, has a little number in front of it, I-554. That means that this story, If you, if you when I say Muhammad said, kill any Jew who falls into your power, and you go, I don't believe that. Well, if you go to the Isak, which is the original classic text, and look in margin note 544, you will find this exact story. So that is, all of my books are verifiable. You know, I'm, I'm not making anything up here. I'm no. just, I'm just and, and we might it. also remind people, too, that we, you know, we think from a Western Judeo-Christian perspective. The Jews have the Torah. There's the Old Testament or Old Covenant, New Testament, New Covenant. 
again, if you think that everything, and there are about 110 violent verses in the Quran, but if you think everything that they believe comes from the Quran, you're wrong. In fact, they have the Quran, they have the life of Muhammad, and they have the Hadith. So, and, and the majority doesn't come from the Quran. So it's important that you understand where their authority comes from. And again, it's all going to be the portrayal of Allah by his revelation and the prophet Muhammad by his life. And that's why we're doing this. So go ahead. Anyway, so Muhammad said, kill any Jew who falls into your power. And one of the Muslims was a business partner with a Jewish merchant. And so he killed him. And his brother said to him, says, how can you kill a man who has put fat on your belly? In other words, worked for you, you've benefited from. Right. He says, well, Muhammad said to. (laughs) Well, that's simple. Then the brother says, you mean if Muhammad said to cut off my head, you would do so? Yes. The older brother then said, by Allah. Any religion which brings you to this is marvelous, and he became a Muslim. This story also tells us something else. Did you know that after 9-11, conversions increased in America? As Osama bin Laden said, people like a strong horse. And so therefore, this man, when he sees his brother will kill somebody, he says, man, this is a great religion. I want to be a part of this. I don't propose to bring up things you've never thought of, but for me, when you said this, the light bulb that went off in my head is, what was Muhammad's biggest early struggle, especially at Mecca? Look, all right, so you're a prophet? Do some miracles. I mean, we're very familiar with Jesus, and we, we saw his miracles. Do some miracles for us. He never did. And yet, finally, just gets evil, bloodthirsty, and murderous. And what's the response? Ooh, by Allah, any religion that would bring you to cut your own brother's head off or kill this guy who's fed you so well, that's marvelous. I'm in. You got to admit, that's a bizarre twist. Well, How'd he pull that off? <laughs> well, there are people. We, we, this is te- teaching us something about the psychology of human beings, is that there are people who see that they're attracted to the raw power of it, unmitigated power. And so, like I say, this is just a reminder that after 9-11, conversions went up. You'd think it'd drive people away, but it does not. He was already predisposed to not tolerate anyone who didn't follow him specifically. In other words, we went from pluralism. 360 religions, he's one of them, to then suddenly, no, you don't get a chance to still have your other 359, uh, to, you know, them betraying the one person who gave him political cover. Then you have the poet. But is this really the transition now where it's not just the poet, it's not just people who disagree with me, specifically, all right, here's Jews, and then we go to Christians. Why did he make that? Because you would think that would have, Jews would have been probably, well, let me ask you, who were his biggest opponents at that point that he started with Jews? Well, his biggest opponents were at first the Jews. And the reason was, remember, Muhammad sold himself as a prophet by saying that the angel Gabriel, who is the same archangel who spoke to Moses, was speaking to him. So therefore, he is the, in the lineage of the Jews, except he is now the final prophet. So the Meccans were like, okay, I guess. By the way, that's a story they're still selling today. In fact, in the last month, more than ever in the last 20 years, they're still trying to say we're all the same God. Oh, yes. Oh, that one. Yeah, no, because, I mean, it was the big uh, PR piece, and I can't remember what print publication that's a pawn for them. Um, And I think for Paul Galloway, that's his big sell right now. Oh, come on, we're all the same God, you know. You know, that that drives me nuts, and it has nothing to do with religion. It has to do with my mind as a scientist. Allah is defined by the Quran. So Allah is the God of the Quran. Now then you read the New Testament, and you ask yourself— they don't have the same characteristics. They don't have the They're same not goal. even remotely right. the same. And so for a minister who stands up and says, well, we all worship the same God, I just want to B-slapping. <laughs> Is that a reference to bitch-slapping yeah, from bitch you slapping. at your age? <laughs> right. 
I mean, it drives me bonkers because what you're admitting is your intellectual bankruptcy. Exactly. You haven't even read the basic text. All right, so put into perspective chronologically and where we're at in this life. How significant is this? I mean, the, the previous story is the significance of why we see mo- so much intolerance for movies, music, art, uh, and any portrayals of Muhammad, and then we get the doctrine of Takiyah. What's the significance of this this story with this merchant and his brother? Well, the story is is that Islam must dominate all public ideas and all public all ideas and must conform to Islam. And no exceptions, whether it's no. a loyal employee who you're benefiting from, whether it's your own blood brother. Right. So And that's attractive to these people. Well, people there are those there are those not myself included who want precise order. And they always want to be right. Look, Michael, we'd all like to always be right. And as long as you're quoting the Sunnah, you're always right. Well, we make another dangerous transition. All right, so that's from the poet to all Jews, now to Christians. Now to Christians. It turns out that in the story of Muhammad at Medina, that some Christians visited because they heard of this new, quote, prophet. And so they argued and debated with him. And now then we're going to come to, by the way, you just said that when ministers say we all worship the same God, we're getting ready to talk about how the God of Islam interacts with the God of Christianity. And uh, so the Quran tells us the true story of Jesus, and that's what we're going to study here, is that, by the way, Jesus was the prophet of Allah, and his main purpose in being on the earth was to foretell the coming of Muhammad. So that, that's the summary of it. Now, what's really interesting is some of these miracles that we hear. Isn't that John the Baptist's story? Well, ah, never mind. He's on a roll. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, by the way, did you know what? Do you know what the Trinity is? The Trinity. Actually, I do, but I'll let you say it. It's Allah, Jesus, Jesus and Mary. Mary. Yeah. Which you're like when I first time I read that, I went. I actually squeezed my eyes together real hard and went, "Wait a minute." Now we believe it. the Trinity is Abba, God the Father, El Shaddai, Jesus of Nazareth, Christ, Messiah and the Holy Spirit that came after Christ left. Uh, They believe it is Allah, Jesus, and Mary. So anyway, so all the powers that Jesus had were given to him by Allah. He made clay birds fly. He uh, could, but it points out here that he couldn't have been really God because he couldn't change day to night, and he also did not have political authority. So that's how they refute Jesus. uh, And by the way, there's also some twists in here. Imran was the father of Moses, Aaron, and Mary, the mother of Jesus. And if, you, if you're familiar at all with Scripture, you're like, wait a minute, what happened to 2,000 years between these two people here? <laughs> but you need to know that it's the— but it's, Wait, wait, can I just say, too, out of everything that we've covered, that's one thing, because every page I could come up with a current event. Charlie Hebdo. Uh, you know, uh, actually, who was the one before that, the famous one back in the 90s? Um, uh, Rushdie, uh, Simon Rushdie. I mean, we, we've got all these examples. And Takiya comes up, and we're ultimately all the same God comes up. That's something you never hear about, this Mary being a part of the Trinity, this focus on Mary and Islam. That never comes up in modern current events. No, it does not. Uh, but there is, there's even a chapter in the Quran named for Mary. Would that have been a response to Catholicism? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, go ahead. I didn't mean to. Anyway, the, the Jesus of the Quran spoke in the cradle and spoke to men as a, as a uh, grown man. He could make clay birds fly. He healed the blind, the lepers, and raised the dead. But this was all through being the servant of Allah. It was Allah. So why did Muhammad possess these same miracles and gifts if it was the same Allah and the same servant? Or even a better servant? His miracles were, his miracles was every verse of the Quran. That those are his miracles. That's what the Quran states. These are his signs. 
So every verse is a sign. It's a sign of a miracle. Well, the standard went down. Well, <laughs> I'm just telling you. You what raise it says. a guy from the dead. That's impressive. You get, make a blind man see. That's impressive. You turn water into wine and bread and fish and multiply it in a way. That's a miracle. I, mean, I go through a lot of miracles. I don't. Anyway, Jesus said, "I am the servant of Allah. He has given me the book, the Injil, the Gospel, and made me a prophet." So. The story of Islam is is that Jesus was the prophet of Allah. The apostles were pro- were also Muslims, and that Jesus was a Muslim. I mean, that's basically it. Mm. So uh, Jesus enjoins others to worship Allah, not him, and and Jesus was a Muslim. I mean, which I think may come as a surprise to a lot of Christians. This footnote, this version of history is at variance with Christian doctrine. Jesus was born sixteen hundred years after Moses. Um, I don't know if you want to touch on that when we come back, and then. Um... Well, there are some there are some chronologies in the Quran which simply don't line up. That Imran was the father of Moses and Mary. Yeah, the reason I love that is because you know whenever I'm having these debates with people, I like to bring out first of all the consistencies, the fulfillment. That first of all, the consistencies in the nature of Father God as portrayed. And the consistencies and fulfillment of prophecy in Christ that are simply not existent with Muhammad. And it's probably too theological for most people, but I, I do think they're going to find that fascinating. Well, we do have one last paragraph about Jesus when we come back after the music. WTN University, Masters in Divinity is the very life of Muhammad. Without it, you can't understand the Quran or anything happening in the news, the Sirah. You can get the text of this, the Taste of Islam, Life of Muhammad series, by Dr. Bill Warner on his website at politicalislam.com. Wrapping up WTN University, the life of Muhammad with Dr. Bill Warner. Well, we can see why Muslims are being uh, motivated to kill Jews and Christians. And it's not Donald Trump. And it's not Americans' reactions. It's the life of Muhammad. How would you sum this class up? Oh, wait, turn them on, turn them on. Here we go. I'm going to read the final paragraph here, which summarizes the whole business. Jesus was not crucified. When the Jews plotted against Jesus, they found Allah to be the best plotter. Allah took Jesus up directly to him and will refute those who say he was crucified and resurrected. Those who insist that Christ is God, part of the Trinity, and reject true faith will be punished in hell. So there's your same God business. Yeah, same God. And Trump's the one. And all of us are the ones that are motivating us. No, it's the life of Muhammad, his actions, his commands, and his teachings. We'll continue WTN University next Friday.